0: everyone welcome back to another episode of the dangerous world podcast very happy to have you all listening there's a ton of podcasts out there and just like ron's been saying wicked planet podcast out there very glad that you chose us to listen to this evening morning afternoon whatever you're doing okay uh as always i've got my very friendly liberal co-host here brandon how are you doing this afternoon
1: very very good man we think of this 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 weather it's kind of like teasing uh, when someone's going to come out and kill all those remaining uh, coronavirus bacteria out oh. there, or you're still not, you're still not worried about that, right?
0: Oh, God. I mean, this is how Brandon is. It, it, we're, we're literally talking about the weather. Okay. The weather is not uh, an issue. Okay. This well, is what you do. You don't know. If- what if what, what just,
1: if, well, I think I think harp I think harp always uh shows its face whenever you have some kind of like inclement weather coming into it. So no no no. no. Now, don't don't remember remember the weather is is a, is a conspiracy dude. Don't don't just don't just shave it off to the side there.
0: I know, but I, you know it's just like hey how about this weather? Huh? But no man, I mean so like we've been having a very interesting last couple weeks here with this podcast. If you got to the end of our last episode that we did with the million truth or March you know that we have uh, faced a little, uh, a little turbulence here with our, our at least one listener, and I wouldn't bring this up again, but I saw him, and I actually had to unfollow this dude because he was, he's still doing the same thing, not to you, but to other people too. He's posting on his story how, uh, you know, there's no place for any people that don't think like this guy. So it's frustrating, man. You know, this is the whole point of alternative media is to uh, just have free thinking people, people that don't necessarily agree or disagree with you. What we're talking about this afternoon is uh, nuclear weapons, uh, possibly being fake, right? Not nuclear energy. Nuclear energy is very real. And no one is disputing that. When I was doing a lot of research for this episode, I was seeing people in like comments of YouTube videos being like, Well, you should ask my uncle who died of radiation poisoning because he worked in fucking Iwo Jima or wherever. You know, these people are just saying shit like, uh, you know, go and ask these people that died of radiation poisoning if nuclear power is real. And that's not the question here. We're talking about weapons and if they've been used even one time in nuclear war.
1: Well, even those people though that are a little bit skeptical of nuclear energy, if you go back like a hundred years, they're not the crazy ones actually. Like you get Albert Einstein in 1933 saying things like, "There quote there is not the slightest indication that nuclear energy will ever be obtainable. Uh, it would mean that the atom would have to be shattered at will." Unquote. He just thought that was that was not a, a thing that was going to happen. You got a, a Nobel laureate Ernest Rutherford, uh, Rutherford also in 1933 saying quote, anyone who expects a source of power from the trans- transformation of these atoms is talking moonshine. So uh, the, the scary thing is, is you go back, you go to um, just a hundred years back and what we're talking about today as reality is magic. And I think that nuclear sure. weapons could be seen as having the same kind of mystical powers because they're almost like, uh, like uh, what's his name from, from Harry Potter? Like you can't talk about him. What, what what's the bad guy? I can't remember his name.
0: He who we don't speak or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's
1: like, and only a certain amount of people can have them because they're good enough to have it, and so on and so forth. I think right now, what there's there's only less less than ten countries with with the nukes right now, man. So,
0: well, actually, there's fifty. I, I don't know if you saw this whole thing where there's this thing that was signed January twenty second of this year. Uh, two days after Biden gets in, Honduras was the 50th country to actually have nuclear weapon technology. Um, so, yeah, there's 50 nations that all uh, agree to not use their nuclear weapons. So that's very interesting. I see uh, you typing away there. Are you looking that up? Because this is uh, this is something that kind of feeds into the propaganda where nuclear weapons are, are, are not a fucking thing. But this is supposed to make us kind of all realize that this is not uh, something that we're gonna, you know, get involved with and we're not gonna fight a war over this whole thing.
1: So but- I, I, I real, real quick, I only just my my quick look up here. Uh, 20, yeah, 22nd of January, they're signing the treaty of the prohibition of, of nuclear weapons. A whole bunch of nations actually do say, by one count, I think it was up to 37 nations say that their self-defense is like completely dependent on other on the fact that other countries have nuclear weapons that sounds to me like a recipe for imperialism you know like we've got this magic weapon that you guys can't have yourself honduras and you should vote against other people having them uh but they're they're there but trust us we we have them there right that's that's just like a a a magic pill that they're able to give these up-and-coming nations
0: interesting okay well so i mean the whole thing with what we're going to get into here we're going to talk about the history of nuclear weapons not power i can't stress that enough um we're going to talk about that going to talk about uh like the fission technology um you are very familiar with nuclear power okay um you know this is what what brandon did in the navy he was on a submarine with a bunch of other gay dudes and they were all messing around with nuclear power and and just having a good old time in the submarines 100
1: men go down 50 couples come up as we used to say yeah yeah
0: exactly dude so so let's let's just get into the shit here because we have a lot to cover um I want to kind of just break down the key players in this whole facade. Okay. So you've got Henry Louis Stimson. And this guy uh, was really the main guy on the US side. He was the US Secretary of War. What a badass position that is. I'm the Secretary of War. You know what I mean? Like, it, that's to me, that's interesting that that was a position. And he was the secretary of war for World War One and World War Two, supposedly.
1: I think, I think he's the last guy to have that title, too. After that, it turns to some more bureaucratic name, too. It sounds too scary for America to have at that point. I know what you mean there.
0: Exactly. So like that that to me is fascinating. So we got him. Uh, that's Stimson. We have General Leslie Groves, who was the head of the Manhattan Project appointed by Stimson. Uh, obviously, President Truman, who dropped the bomb, FDR was president for the majority of World War II, and then Truman kind of steps in and then just ends it. Um, obviously, Stalin, and then under Stalin, you have Ivan Serov, who uh, creates this German uranium mining company called Westmut AG, and ironically, that's in Germany, uh, which you know supposedly uh, Germany was not friends with the Soviets and with the Americans and the allies as a whole um Vladimir Putin weird enough okay this is when he kind of made a name for himself and then uh Laurenti Beria um and I think that I'm pronouncing his name wrong I think it's like Le- Lavrenti Beria but this was the minister of security in the USSR so these are like the people that, that you're going to hear the names over and over again here. Very, very interesting group of fucking cats. And I'm sure that they all have had a beer or two together. You know what I mean? Like all these people at the top are fucking friends, dude. Mm-hmm. And all of the ones that are working these dark angles of global politics, geopolitical affairs, they're all friends at the top. I believe I, I know I, you may feel a little different, I, I just, I, I don't see any other possibility. But, um, you know, upon doing my research here, I, I came across this phenomena that is really hitting Japan hard called hikikomori. And um, this is this weird psychological disorder stemming from World War II, according to like Japanese psychologists. And I think that we're seeing this here right now in a big way, dude. I mean, like what hikikomori is, is people's fear to leave their bedroom or to leave their home. uh, Even if they have to, if they need water or food, they just simply won't do it. And I mean, it sounds like this is like, okay, yeah, maybe this is a thing, but there's probably like a tiny percent, like a minute percent of people that actually suffer from this condition. In Japan, it's almost 2% of the population, dude. I mean, we're talking about Japanese people that are so terrified to leave their homes because they were fed this propaganda about the nuclear bomb and the radiation that's in their, in their, uh, in their country. You look like you were going to say something.
1: Well, just that, just that, that, that culture has really industrialized a whole bunch of stuff that, that we in the West kind of, I, I think take a little bit more naturally and don't have to go, don't find ourselves going to the private, to these kinds of private industries for as much like you have, you have things like their napping bars. Have you heard of that? They just have bars where you can go and pay to take a nap, with someone and it's not sexual at all it's not supposed to be sexual or you can just take a nap yourself in these little these little pods so they it it feels a lot more structured and obviously one of the ways that this is expressing itself is like kids just not going out into uh, the world they're instead staying at home streaming playing video games those kinds of people actually fall into this too but that is also Like that, you can't, even though they look like they're having fun when they're staying inside and not going out, that it it, it is also an expression of the state and the country having some control over or putting some undue sense of like, you can't, like, you shouldn't go out there. It's a little bit too dangerous for you right now.
0: Dude, that's so interesting. Honestly, they have such a more. Discipline culture than the Americans do, and, uh, and a lot of other countries do, right? And I saw this very interesting poll, or, or I don't know what it was. It was like a, a a prediction, like a survey, kind of, um, you know, telling you what the population was going to be. You know how like the census can kind of predict mm-hmm. what the population will be two, three, four, ten years out, whatever. Um, what they were saying was that the the world population. Right now, it's just under 8 billion. And uh, in 2024, the world population is going to be 6.7 billion. And when you look at that, that's like, okay, maybe people are just trying not to have too many kids or whatever. But then when you look at the United States, which right now has a population of around just under 340 million, if I'm not mistaken, but what they were showing on this uh, projection was that the United States population in 2024 was going to be uh, just over 100 million? So this is every two out of out of three people dying, right? So I don't know what that means. A lot of people will say this is like the vaccines, or this is going to be like the plague, and like it could be, it could be on both sides. It could be that most of us didn't want, or I would say half of us didn't want to take the vaccine and half of us did. So it could be either the people that didn't get vaccinated are going to die or the people that got vaccinated died. There's all these theories that the United States population is really the ones that they're focusing on removing because we have so many guns here and we're standing in the way of the new world order. So what is it? I mean, like that that's a very interesting projection to me.
1: You know, as, as this, as a lot of the features of the new world order become more uh, what you guys would call the new world order become more prevalent throughout the world. There's also just the, like one of those expressions is just having more stuff like living more like Americans. And the very, very strong trend in social sciences is that as your, uh, Level of income goes up, or your standard of living, uh, especially relative to those around you, go up. You just tend to have fewer kids. Um, this is a uh, scene in that movie. What's it called? Idiocracy? Where, like, yeah, the, yeah, where yeah, the, you know, the, whatever, the rednecks are, are fucking each other and their own cousins. And then the, the people at top are like, oh, we just want to make sure that we have enough income. Uh, you know, we don't want to just bring a kid into the world all, all, all Heidi didey and they end up like being spinsters and the and the, the guy ends up dying early or something like that from stress. You know, so the, it's not it, it could be the more sinister way of, you know, the, the way that the New World Order establishes trade routes. Well, that those trade agreements are the things that get people in third world countries, things like washers. Now that might sound like a good thing, but it might have this effect of just not having as many people on the bottom, you know, like having a lower overall birth rate for a country.
0: And, you know, it is kind of interesting too, though, that uh, like Bill Gates in that famous TED talk, or I should say infamous TED talk, he was talking about the the next enemy of mankind isn't going to look like this. And he shows the fake mushroom cloud. And then he says, it's going to look like this. And it looks very much like a coronavirus uh, picture shown by Getty Images. Or, yeah, I think it's Getty Images. And then they also, they're the ones that were taking pictures of Jean-Benet Ramsey. You know what I mean? Uh, it's same, same people that are behind all these conspiracies. It's all a very intricate web of lies is all that it is, okay? Um, but, I mean, let's get into this shit, dude. So a brief, brief history of sort of the end of World War II. I mean, I'm just really going to break down the last year here. If I leave anything out, Brandon, feel free to jump in. But 1945, um, I mean, the Soviet troops in the beginning in, in January, they started invading uh, Auschwitz. They liberated the, uh, the, the people of Auschwitz, the, the Jewish, uh, the main uh, camp. And then February, you got the Battle of uh, Iwo Jima. Roosevelt died in April uh, April 12th specifically. And then in May, German sur- Germany surrenders to Soviet troops as they get to Berlin. I believe this is when Hitler was supposedly declared dead. Um, 1945, August 6th, you have uh, the Hiroshima bombing, which, you know, we're going to talk about very much. And then uh, August 9th of the same year, 1945, this is when the bomb was dropped in Nagasaki. And then on September 2nd, Japan officially surrenders and the war ends. OK, now they they use this bomb. Uh, they use this bomber, I should say, called the Enola Gay. And I was trying, you know how my brain works. I was trying to find something that would make this <laughs> seem like it was a conspiracy. I was reading it backwards. I was yeah. trying to do numerology. All that I got was Enola is Alone Backwards. So it's like gay and alone. I don't know. I mean, that seems like a like a shitty show, like the Naked and Afraid show. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> it'd be a fascinating show, gay and alone. <laughs> uh, but I, I just find it, uh, that that name to me is weird. There, And this is not anything insane. that we're going to dig into. Sounds I find little, it fascinating. It sounds
1: a little queer to you, a little off.
0: Well, it just there's something about it. Like, why would you why would you say Enola Gay? You know what I mean? Like, I know that this was the dude's mom and whatever, but it just to me, it doesn't make sense. But let's get into the propaganda, dude, because there's so much propaganda stemming back before World War Two even started about who was going to have the most fucking who was packing the most heat, who was going to be able to do the most damage in the quickest amount of time. And again, can't stress enough that we're not saying nuclear power is fake, or I'm not saying nuclear power is fake. What I'm saying is that the nuclear weapons have never been used in war, and they're very likely not even real. And I'm not saying that I have to see the damn thing. But so, uh, you know, the idea that nuclear bombs create more peace, first of all, I mean, this is simply not true, dude. There's so much fucking war in the Middle East, there's war all over the world. There's we're far from peace on Earth. So what is the the logic behind that statement alone? Right now, I understand that. Uh, I mean, I, do you understand this? To me, I, I was trying to kind of sympathize with it. I don't understand how having nuclear bombs and how more countries having nuclear bombs would actually create more peace.
1: So I think what World War One and World War Two. II- showed the generals at that time or the lessons they took away from that, especially the historians who have looked at it since then is that one and one on one war, that's not always the worst thing that can happen. War is going to happen. You can't get rid of all war essentially, but that multilateral war, especially wars that are having are, are happening in little, maybe former Imperial states, um, that get bigger. And maybe uh, involve a whole bunch of resources that those states have under their control when those states start start to their bigger brothers and bigger, bigger sisters in this case, in, in, in the Cold War's case, uh, America and Russia that that is when the big stuff, the big shit can go down. You know, that's, that's when the biggest weapons can come out. And that's where comes out this idea of mutual assured destruction. Just the idea that if both of the biggest powers in the world um, have these weapons, and since they're so interconnected to these other smaller states throughout the world um, that um, though the, the, the fighting between those smaller states will be controlled because of the hookups that they have to either the U S or the U S S R at that, at that time. So it's a, it's a really, really loose one. And it sounds, it takes a whole bunch of assumptions about humanity into account. I mean, one of the scary ideas about Pakistan having the weapon is uh, possibly having the weapon um, uh, from the mainstream perspective is that they are also saying that, very very openly and in uh, formal agencies that all that the jews must die um and there's a really really good you know way they say to to, to make that happen and that's them getting that's them getting the bomb um iran is is, is saying a lot of the same stuff too that that can if that if, if the nuclear weapons are not real though all of that gets summed up to arms races which the big brothers and big sister countries are still making money off of, right?
0: Well, yeah, dude. I mean, everyone's going to make money. And that is what all of this really boils down to is like, who has the most money? I was talking with someone today that our dollar is simply backed by our, our military. The, the dollar is not backed by anything. It's significant as far as like holding wealth, storing wealth of any kind.
1: Well, that one of the guys that I was looking into, one of the authors that I was looking into, kind of a revisionist historian, um, mentioned that used money just in the same way that you were talking about that, you know, people have to agree that money has that currency has value in order for it to have value, and that in a similar manner, the world has all at once agreed that the the countries with the nuclear bombs, um, that that they 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 because the world believes it they have the power because the world believes it it doesn't even take the bomb itself to actually make that shit happen i mean we've uh, according to the mainstream media or history tested them or used them two times in war And and that's it. We've just haven't seen it since then, um, from what I would say. And this same historian, this Ward Wilson, he was also talking about before Hiroshima and uh, Nagasaki were were bombed. America had just been like leveling states or uh, cities in Japan before that. Like for the uh, prior few weeks, there had been twenty six cities already bombed, and of those twenty eight cities. Eight had already been like either completely destroyed or a larger percentage of the cities had been destroyed by just traditional weapons. Um, yeah. he actually, he,
0: I mean, are you he, talking about financially speaking because the ruble is not worth shit in Russia?
1: For uh, what sorry, what do you mean? No, I, I wasn't, no, I know I'm saying that he, uh, that Ward Wilson is saying that. Um, just like currency takes buy-in from people in oh, order sure, for sure. it to have value, that the world, that, that the people who um, who have nuclear weapons, it has taken buy-in from the rest of the world to put the countries that have the nuclear weapons to be on such a pedestal. Like the entire yeah. world has just gone along with agreeing that those who have this, this form of gold <laughs> makes all the rules, the golden rule, right?
0: Sure. Well, I mean, like, you know, getting back to propaganda, dude, I mean, like the kids in the 60s, my dad and my mom were both talking about it. Like, you know, they had to hide under their desks to prevent themselves from getting hit with a nuclear bomb. You know what I mean? To me, this is the same shit that we're seeing with the mask. And this is going back to the Hikikomori shit where you're not going to a mask isn't going to prevent you from getting a virus at all. I mean, at all. And Fauci will even say this back in the 80s, hiding under a desk isn't going to prevent a child from getting fucked up by a nuclear bomb if they're real. Okay. now the the problem with this and why they do this, like so going back to the 60s, why these kids were hiding under desks, it was a constant reminder to program these kids that who's making me feel this terror every single day? Oh, Russia, fuck Russia. I'm going to hide under my desk every day and have to have the idea of being bombed because of these Russian people, these Rus- this Russian military that is focused on nothing but just killing us, right? And then the same thing with this virus, even though it has a literally, provably, a 99.7% survival rate, if you catch this fucking thing, why do we have to wear the mask still? Even if we get vaccinated, why do we have to wear the mask? It's because it's a reminder, It's a reminder to everyone that sees you wearing the mask that there is something out there that's trying to kill us, right? It's so fucking stupid. And I understand that people want to follow the leader. It's so comforting having someone leading you. This is why when you're a child, you have a parent that you feel like is protecting you. It's comforting. And then when you first move out on your own, it's fucking terrifying. It's scary. But then you start realizing Hey, I can fucking protect myself just fine, but the government is still there to really protect me if shit goes wrong. That's not the case. That's never been the case, but they've done a good job kind of, you know, making us think that, that they're looking out for us. I always say it, dude, the government fucking hates you. It hates you. It hates me. It hates all of our listeners. It hates everyone. It hates anyone that isn't them dude. and it even hates some of their own. So I just find it interesting. But on the other, on the opposite end of the, the propaganda, like the coddling propaganda, you have this idea of weapons that the mass population has never heard of. One of this, like, like so, so for example, Russia has been building new weapons constantly. They're training men. They're sort of masculinizing men. I like the word alphatize. I like to think I made that word up. But they're, they're alphatizing their men while we're focusing on trying to get pregnant women on the front lines because it's equal, equal opportunity. Right. And, and on a civilian example, you have United airlines saying that half of their pilots are going to be black women. What if black women don't want to fly? What if they don't want to fucking be pilots? You know what I mean? That's like an an Olympic team or a sports team. Like Leah, let's say like the, uh, the U S Olympic swimming team is going to just take all black people. Black people don't like swimming. Okay. I'm sorry. It's true. OK, now some do. There's outliers. But that's like uh, saying that there's a lot of good black female swimmers. That's like saying there's a lot of good white basketball players. There's just not. It's just it's it's how it is. OK, so we don't need to like spend too much time on color and and, uh, you know, sex or gender. It's just the fucking way that it is. There's men that are men are better at fighting. They're better at uh everything but women are really good at like being mothers okay women are good at being moms are good at raising kids no in all seriousness dude women are better at certain things in the military even women are better at analytical type things analytical positions maybe like calling in airstrikes men are the ones that are going to fight take this last thing this um this woman that shot this this uh black kid the the newest one the the hot one the popular one right This woman, she's been on the force for 26 years, and instead of wrestling the dude to the ground, she grabs what she thought was a taser, and it was a pistol, and she shot the dude. I mean, this isn't an inexperienced police officer, but she got scared because this is probably the first time she's ever faced some pushback. And she panicked and she grabbed her gun and she killed a a dude. Now, he wasn't a great guy. He had a warrant for his arrest, but that doesn't mean he needed to die. Okay. I don't want to get into politics here. But with that being said, Russia has developed this weapon that they call the fucking doomsday nuke, dude. And this is like, this is a very terrifying weapon. So it's a Mach 9 hypersonic missile with an EMP warhead that could crash the grid of the United States, the entire United States, and more. This can get down to Mexico, up to Canada. um, And they've done tests in the Arctic. And we have zero defense against this. They actually like pop their submarine up just to flex on our weak ass presidential administration. They popped up just to say, hey, what the fuck are you going to do about this? We have this weapon on this submarine. You're not going to do a goddamn thing. And this thing is called the Poseidon 2M39 torpedo. Again, comes in on a submarine and it creates radioactive tsunamis, okay? If that doesn't fucking freak you out a little bit, you're just not a human being. And what it really is, it's a cobalt bomb. It's a type of assaulted bomb that, it, it, again, a nuclear warhead with an EM. okay? I don't believe so much the nuclear part, but the EMP is what is really going to fuck us up because instead of just having a fight, they're going to just wipe us out. This is like the oldest strategy of war is you damage supply lines. If there's a road that all these people bring their food in, you bomb that road. You make it so that these these people can't travel down this road anymore. That is the most efficient way to fight a war. And Russia's fucking doing it while we're too busy trying to make sure that pregnant women have all the same fighting rights as alpha men do
1: just i'm just wondering if we have any female uh, listeners uh, still hanging on if if you if you have stuck in this long ladies thank you you're very very strong people
0: <laughs> yeah and and if you have a problem with what i'm saying then uh, go and join the military ladies okay you know they're not going to do it that's the thing and and any woman that is in the military great and and it's funny cuz i am trying to get more more female listeners but you know the problem though is that dude i think that women would agree logical women would like dude there's there's one woman in the UFC that I think like could legitimately fuck up the other dudes it's that Amanda Nunez chick she's terrifying she's a freak of nature and I'm sure that she would actually welcome that you know if I'm calling her a freak of nature most women don't want to fight a dude and I mean that's normal that's just fine whether there's guns involved or not That's the whole problem with this dude is that we're trying to have equal opportunity. And I mean, dude, if I was, if I was a chick, I would welcome the idea. I mean, I would welcome it. Now, if there's any old ladies out there that are rich, let me know. I want a sugar mama. That's the thing, dude. There's a lot of problems with the, with the logic out there with this whole fucking thing. But, um, you know, we mentioned this whole, this whole nuclear treaty where these, these countries are, are starting to all get on board with this, but let's talk a little bit about why the bombing in japan both bombings i should say are are really not i mean they don't make sense on so many levels okay so, so-
1: I'll, I'll also say that, that, that Ward Wilson that I uh, referenced earlier, he is of the mind that says that it really wasn't the bombing of <clears throat> Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki that changed the minds of the Japanese military leaders so as to get out of the war. In their estimation, um, it was the Soviet's. Um, getting into the war it's a it's a weird timeline it's only a two days difference but apparently after the bombing of Hiroshima the uh, like the royal council or whatever people who are below the emperor and still controlling a whole bunch of uh, war materials and war plans um, they they try to call a meeting and then after their nuclear scientists have gone in to see what is in Hiroshima they call off that meeting. They, they it, that that would have been the place where they would have gotten out of the war right there, but they didn't actually call that meeting. But then, like a day later, the Soviets say we're going to hop into World War II on the uh, on the the Americans' side, and that causes the uh, uh, the Japanese to scurry off. So this is this is revisionist history for sure. But it there is an idea out, out there even amongst the semi mainstream historians saying like yeah this nuclear bomb doesn't have to be as big and bad or uh, some might say even exists like you're about to
0: well see that's what's interesting dude because i didn't know that information that you just brought forward and why are we pounded in our heads that the nuke that the uh, world war two ended because the united states and truman dropped these two epic fucking bombs i mean there's stand-up routines around this fucking shit you know what i mean? This, this, what you just said is not even in the lexicon of the knowledge that is, is about World War II. It's all the world, the fucking Second World War ended because Truman dropped two massive nuclear bombs, one right. powered by plutonium and one powered by uranium. Why is that the case, you think?
1: Uh, well, I, I I would be pressed. I'd would, I would be very curious to see if Russian hist, uh, hist, uh history books that they're teaching in schools uh, highlight the nuclear weapons as much I'm sure they do because they make in their minds America look like the warlords but in America here us hearing that uh written down or it that that course of events being written down in the school books that truly makes us did, feel like winners uh, absolutely and it makes uh, it, it, it shrouds the effect that the Jap- uh, Japanese were afraid the Soviets would have. Had the uh, Japanese kept going on in World War Two, and the Soviets kicked their ass from the west there, so there's yeah. there's real like uh, mental imperialism going on in the mainstream in in the mainstream uh, history of this. So, what what about what, what about the mechanics of it? Because I understand there's some uh, some some uh, some half lives that that make this look pretty pretty damn impossible. That that was it, fat boy, fat man, and little boy uh we're, were dropped here
0: yeah we can call him fat boy and little man too i mean you know that, it doesn't matter there? we can we can call him whatever we want but you know yeah so fat fat man and little boy those are the two bombs i believe fat man was dropped in hiroshima and little boy in nagasaki um i mean dude so the problem here is that the half-life of cesium-137 which is a fission of uranium-235. This was in Little Boy. And what a fission is, it's a weird sort of phenomena that occurs. You may be able to actually explain it better than me, but a fission is basically a chain reaction on a molecular level. So you have like the the basic equation of it is you have one atom and it's introduced to an an outside neuron. The neuron and the atom meeting it's going ne- to create two new neurons from what ne- I understand ne- that are also creating go ahead It's is
1: neutron just because you're going to get blown up in the in the in the comments if there's any uh nuclear uh, scientists neutron. out neutrons the neutron yeah, yeah, go ahead
0: I was thinking of jimmy new Neuron- neutron ah well, that doesn't even work either, but so a neutron and I hey you know I, you know I drink before these it doesn't yes. matter okay let's not let's not get troubled up by one little t. okay uh so these neutrons they They're introduced, and then they create two additional atoms. So you got uh, uh, atom A, and then that creates atom B and atom C. And then when this neutron is introduced to that initial atom, creates these two atoms, and that creates additional energy and creates radiation. So this is like what the basic fission, you're going to hear fission or fissile. Um, This is what a fission or a fissile Uh, chain reaction is so it's basically uh the the initial half-life of cesium-137 is 30 years and it takes 10 half-lives of radioisotopes from any type of fission to actually make a livable uh circumstances a, a livable atmosphere that you can be around so we're talking 300 plus years and don't forget i mean this happened in the 40s this was what, 80 years ago? How long is the 40s? Brandon, help me out. Was it 70, something like that? 75? Okay, sure. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're well under what is actually, like, safely livable. We're talking 300 years. Again, 10 half-lives with the half-life of cesium-137 being 30 years. Now, uranium-235 is what this came from. Now, uranium-235 has a half-life of 700 million years, okay? Okay. Vastly different, obviously, okay? So man used plutonium-239, and the half-life of this one was uh, two, 24,100 years. So again, take that 24,100. We'll just round down just to make it easier. 24,000 times 10. I mean, we're talking like 240,000. So, I mean, there's some serious fucking number problems in that alone. So uh, you know they're essentially the same thing though because uh, plutonium two thirty nine emits alpha particles that actually becomes uranium two thirty five. Am I sounding crazy here with this? Because you know about nuclear shit.
1: Yeah, I'll just pepper in what you just talked about with with a little bit. So a half life is the amount. So I don't sound crazy. No, 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 you don't sound, you don't sound crazy. I think there's just, there's, there's the, the, the mainstream has either gotten ahead of you or has tried to make up this shit and put it into my mind, uh, to try to make some of this stuff sound a little bit less tenuous and a little bit less, uh, questionable than you might have made it sound. They say, they say that, uh, they, they remind us that, uh, these bombs were not dropped like on the ground. Um, i I think at least one of them wasn't the one that had uranium uh, 235 Um, it was blown up a little bit in the air a little bit off of the the surface of the earth and the amount of uh, cesium 137 that was in there would it 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 does have that long half-life but it also is a very very small amount that is created by that a lot of it gets it, it decays very, very quickly. It's then the decay rate is different than the, the half-life uh, rate. So it can be a little bit shorter and it can be dissolved a little bit. That's what they'll say. I
0: So I, how do you explain, how do you explain yeah. this then, Brendan? How do you explain like uh, Chernobyl, right? This is the difference between nuclear power and nuclear weapons. Chernobyl, no one here is denying this, that, that Chernobyl, they had a legitimate tragic accident with nuclear energy. Okay. Now, In Chernobyl, the radioactivity is increasing over time because this is what happens when nuclear energy is dispersed in an area. The radioactivity increases. Now, why isn't the radioactivity in Hiroshima and Nagasaki increasing? Supposedly, it's gone. I mean, the fucking, again, the trains were running the next day in Hiroshima. So, and yeah, maybe some people died. Like uh, Alex Stein said from Conspiracy Castle, I mean, sushi comes from here. We're eating raw fish from the ocean that's supposedly radioactive, right? And yes, he's a conspiracy asshole. He kind of trolls on everything he says, but that's a very true point that he's making there. How do you explain the radioactivity uh, uh, decimating in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but uh, sort of uh, increasing in uh, Chernobyl and even – where was the where was the other Japanese accident uh, the radioactive accident the uh, with the power plant oh yeah in, with Jap- the, in Japan
1: yeah with the tsunami No, I can't remember where, where that was but uh, um,
0: okay but yeah, so I'll, yeah I mean yeah. just that just we'll, we'll just take Chernobyl then the difference between Chernobyl uh, again uh, Chernobyl increasing in radioactivity Hiroshima mm-hmm. and Nagasaki decreasing very quickly uh, almost impossibly quickly
1: yeah so the one one factor in that is just the amount of radioactive material that would have been available in hiroshima um there's there's just a, a a bigger amount and it was just because it's it's made to put out a much longer amount of energy to to put out this the thing doesn't quite run like an engine doesn't quite use fuel fuel in the same oh way boy. so th- the way that it I works I feel
0: like you are literally paid by the clintons <laughs> i mean this I'll, is it doesn't matter it's a it's a nuclear it's a nuclear uh it's a property of nuclear energy it doesn't matter if it's uh, a lot or a little bit it should increase
1: no no so so the uh the the one of the very simple ways to measure how much radioactivity you can expect from going into a place like uh, uh 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 any you know any nuclear reactor and then coming out um the difference in the amount of radioactive material that you have around you one of the ways to calculate that is just uh amount of radioactivity uh radioactive chemicals and then the time so the amount of the exposure and then the distance and the distance goes down uh in an exponential fashion so the, the effect that radioactivity has uh on you uh as you go walk away you know one foot is a really really big amount. Like if you walk one farther, one foot farther away from a nuclear reactor, the amount of radiation goes down a, a whole bunch. Their explanation, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not paid by anybody. I'm just saying that I, I know their explanation for it is, is that all of the fuel ideally gets used up in a, a nuclear weapon. All of the fuel in, um, in Russia there during that nuclear tragedy, that is still there. They just poured hot water on it to try to shut it down. Um, that doesn't do a whole bunch to actually eat up more of the fuel. The fuel is still burning. It's just that the water is capturing those alpha particles, those beta particles that that are coming off. Yeah, I was going to
0: ask it. you, do you buy that? Do you buy that, that explanation?
1: Uh, that, 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 would be the, the reason, like the difference between the effects of yeah. Hiroshima. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've really haven't seen the kind of evidence to make me question that and there's a whole bunch of people who but aren't... the reason
0: that you believe it is because you were told it by an authoritative source
1: well I mean but yeah but every every fact that you've told us here has come down from an authoritative source right so that no, it's is quite not... the
0: opposite actually this is alternative research
1: well right but you but you you call them you call like alternative you call those alternative alternative media outlets you put them on the people who you trust right
0: no, no, not at all, man. I, I, mean, I think that that's what's different about like the way that I get my information the way that you do is that I use common sense. I, I throw that common sense uh, filter on everything. If something makes sense, that's the, th- whole, the whole thing going back to the mask. And, you know, we'll move on right after this. But wearing a mask is not going to stop a virus. People don't realize how fucking small a virus is. So this is the problem. Like, why are you going to wear a mask if the virus can get It's the, the analogy that I've heard over and over again is like trying to stop mosquitoes from flying through a chain link fence. And, and it, it actually it, it fucking adds up when you see if you were to get a microscope and you look in, you can hear Kerry Mullis talking about this stuff. Kerry Mullis is not an authoritative source, right? The dude fucking got literally killed because he wasn't falling in line with what Anthony Fauci was saying. Anthony Fauci is an authoritative source. And again, the dude wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire, but you trust him. You know what I mean? So this is the problem here, but go ahead and finish what you're going to say and then we'll move on.
1: Yeah, no, just just really, I, I think that on both sides, I mean, we go about our lives getting all this information and then reporting it to other people because we get it from people who we trust. I would still, I think, echo a, a certain amount of what you're saying about historicity and making sure you get your facts in the right place. Like you got to do your research and, and, and define who you trust, but they all come from people who we, we, we trust, which is the scary, scary thing about reality. But, uh, but that's how we got to sure. go about figuring out about it. We
0: can agree to disagree. How's sure. that? Okay. That sounds good. But so like, look, look at this then. So the most powerful bomb was not developed by the United States. It was actually developed by the, the USSR, um, and it was called, uh, or it might have been actually Russia. It might have been actually after uh, the USSR was all uh, kind of fucked over. But Sarbamba. Okay, this is the largest nuke ever detonated, and this was just a test. But if that shit that I just laid out wasn't enough, guess how much more powerful this Sarbamba is than the most powerful nuke that we uh, detonated in Hiroshima? Guess.
1: Uh if because I, because I know your your line of thinking here, right? Is it six hundred and sixty-six times more powerful? No, no, bigger. but
0: that's very good. It's three thousand three hundred and thirty-three. We get all threes <laughs> here, okay. Now, yep. if the three three three, the thirty-three, and then we're just doubling thirty-three here, literally three thousand three hundred and thirty-three times more powerful. You can look this up. This sounds like it's a joke. But, I mean, it's literally... This is the the depths that the propaganda goes. They want you to see that 3,333 times more powerful. There's something 3,333 times more powerful than the bomb that ended all bombs.
1: This is... Yeah, and they they even tell you that this is a new type of nuclear bomb, too. Because remember, the, the old ones, they work by fission, by splitting different atoms apart... And in the little pieces that are left over, those go off to create all this this nuclear energy. Now they've got fusion or the thermonuclear bombs where they claim, again, I haven't tested this myself here, but they claim that at the center of a nuclear bomb, of a nuclear chain reaction in a, f- a, f- a fusion a thermal nuclear bomb, um, the, that, that area, a very, very small area, gets 15 times hotter than what it is at the core of the sun. So they're 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 boasting god level powers uh, at, at this level with with bombs like this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could buy that. I could buy I could buy that part of it. Um, but when you start getting into three thousand three hundred thirty three, I mean, like there, my true conspiracy heads out there will understand the irony of the most powerful bomb known to man is being three thousand three hundred thirty three times more powerful than the Hiroshima Nagasaki bombs. That to me, uh it's not a smoking gun. Cause this is all like uh, you know, speculative, but I mean, it's, it's a little on the nose for us, but so what about this, Brandon? So like, what if, if, if we believe that time and space can be altered, which it can be, uh, the Navy has admitted that they have technology that can alter space and time when these bombs go off, even in testing, if they're real, wouldn't that alter space and time i mean this could be an explanation for the mandela effect this can be an explanation for uh just a fucking shit show of a world that we live in right now
1: yeah i mean it's scary as our technology gets better and we are able to look farther out into that fake thing called space that screw ups in space and time they don't good, seem good. they don't they don't seem to be that that strange of a thing. I can't remember what the name of the detector was, but um, in a couple of years ago, they claimed to have uh, picked up the wave in the space t- in the fabric of space and time that occurred from two supermassive black holes colliding into each other. Uh, and and creating a black hole is not that difficult actually. Like if there's a, there's an there's an equation to where you can make anything a black hole. You just got to figure out how to squeeze it down to that much, which takes. It's, it's very, very hard, and I don't think humans have actually gotten to that technology yet. But uh, it's not yeah, like Yeah, they have outside. in
0: CERN. At CERN, they I are doing that. that constantly. They're creating I, mini black holes.
1: I know that's I know that's the claim. I'm just saying from, from my end, I'm not even seeing that. But even giving it to you, that they ripples. They say that they are. Where? Where? Do you have?
0: At CERN. On the CERN website, that's what they're doing. They they created the God particle or they discovered the God particle and they admit that it creates microscopic black holes on their website. That's a a source that you could trust.
1: I would, I would, I will pay money uh, for, for a reference from that, from that, that says specifically that I will tell you that, but I'm, well, I'm go also, look
0: yourself, man, I'm just saying like, they literally say it there, like, go look at yourself on, uh, you can do it right now while we're, while we're talking, they, they say that they are, that that was their goal and they accomplished their goal was to create microscopic black holes.
1: I'll, so I'll, I'll do that for the next part of the the, the, the recording while you spell out here. But I'm, I'm also just saying that ripples in space and time, they are not that like, it doesn't seem like that, that we're fa- that far away from them, even me, someone who doesn't think that we've quite gotten there yet. So what your initial position was, was, you know, or your original question was, was, isn't it possible that these things could be screwing with. Our lives and our reality in such a way that would cause things like the Mandela effect to be real. Hey, man, it's not outside the realm of possibility for sure.
0: Sure. Hey, uh, I did it for you already. So the home of CERN. Okay, that at the. So this is uh, HTTPS colon slash slash home. dot cern CERN, extra dimensions gravitrons and tiny black holes i'm looking at it right here they admit it that's what they say they do so this is why i was talking about like the the altering of space and time and why this could be a possibility and i you know i'm not hating on you for not knowing this i'm just saying that no no i'm looking at very real and they admit that this uh, is what their intention was
1: i'm looking at this page which part of it the same page
0: so go to your search bar, probably on your phone, and just type in CERN micro black holes.
1: No, no, I'm I'm looking at the same on your page phone, on the phone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's different. We this is not good radio here. But what I'm saying is, like, go to uh, like your Google search bar and just type in CERN micro black holes, and you'll find it. Listeners out there, you can do this too. Um, and I mean, like anyone really listening, they already know that this is what they they admit that they did this and they're proud of it because it is its it's, it's legitimately it is a well, scientific well, miracle that they so- were able to create these microscopic black holes. But this is why so many people blame the Mandela effect on CERN. You know what I mean?
1: For, for sure. I mean, again, if, if if someone, if we can even read through it afterwards for a little extra here, but I'm just still looking for the actual terminology that says that's what we're doing here. But anyways, because I'm looking yeah, well, at... Well,
0: I can show you later. I mean, we haven't seen it, but... So, I mean, you know, the creation of this technology, or I should say the alleged creation of the technology, this this went down in Los Alamos, New Mexico. This is just a, uh, a little town uh, northwest of the capital, Santa Fe. And this started in 1943. Okay. Um, this was in the Los Alamos National Laboratory. And ironically, the logo, uh, you know, and, and this is kind of a stretch to a lot of people, but the Saturn logo, like with Nike, people say that n- the Nike swoosh is sort of an homage to the rings of Saturn. And if you look at the Los Alamos National Laboratory, logo there's two nike swooshes right there's two saturn rings in this logo so there's claims that the bomb manufacturing plants in this town are not even a real fucking thing everyone's a paid actor sort of like uh the hills have eyes town where everyone is just there and they're all in on the gig right they're all in on the scam and they're all just playing their roles um there's there's people in this town that that would attest to this theory and then there's people in the town that don't, just like any good scam, right? You got people that kind of like defect from it. But um, what's interesting, dude, is that like they're kind of famous for creating the B sixty one Silver Bullet Gravity Bomb. And again, this was back in uh, nineteen sixty three, and uh, you know twenty years after they were started, and this is considered the most dangerous nuke at the time. Why didn't they use that? Why didn't they? Uh, flaunt that power you know what I mean that that to me is is what's interesting why are you going to use something called fat man and little boy it's to me the fat man is playing into America's gluttony and then little boy is playing into America's fascination with pedophilia you know what I mean like we just got like all the fucking all the all the shit that represents the United States in the most negative light we're going to drop fat man and little boy on y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's just, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. Dude. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think that the testing of this kind of this kind of armament, like the silver bullet gravity bomb, that is thankfully done when they are just testing it. But you'll note, even in, uh, especially uh, these days, with our discussion of uh, North Korea, that just testing is enough to kind of spur on that that fear, that, uh, you know, that, that mental... You know, gun aiming right at you, uh, no matter where you are in the world, because we can reach you uh, from anywhere with these with these bombs and ICBMs and 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 nuclear uh, submarines and stuff like that. Um, so, thankfully, they're not actually dropping it on people, but it, it tends to have the same effect, even if, as you might say, they're faking these these types of uh, technologies.
0: Well, sure. I mean, like, dude, like. You know, you're very critical of Israel, right? And a lot of people are, and rightfully so. They've done some interesting things. Something that we're going to get into later is the idea that they stole the technology of the nuclear bomb from the United States. Why hasn't Israel, who is a nuclear power, why haven't they just bombed the fuck out of Palestine? You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, it's it to me, it's it's something that would very much fit their agenda and they would have the backing of the United States unconditionally, especially under Trump. Why didn't they use their nukes?
1: Well, I think that that is why Israel has played such a big part in the Middle East is because it is one of our few allies in the area where the rest of those countries, uh, Egypt especially, are are and, and then Iran, everything, everything Everything outside of Israel at this time on the other side of or going the other opposite direction from the Mediterranean is pretty aligned much closer with Russia. You know, that's that's their big daddy, too. So the 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 idea is that that's why they might not use it. But yes, the scary thing is, is if they have these kinds of weapons, they have an easy answer to a whole bunch of their problems, at least the immediate ones. Right. Like you got to deal with Russia or the United States after they see the uh, evidence of the bomb um but i think that that's the mainstream sure. yeah explanation for it but i see i see what you're talking about like why not just use it you guys say you want to end the end of the world and that's the way to
0: to bring about whatever messiah figure go ahead and use it you know yeah well that's the thing there's so many like paradoxes in here paradi par- i mean how do you say paradoxes plural i don't know i, I just to me it there's something just fascinating about the the, there's so many anomalies here dude like bringing it back a little bit to like propaganda like hollywood has overplayed the idea of a terrorist with a nuke so much to where that's what like that's the end-all be-all for a lot of hollywood consumers
1: and stanley kubrick uh a, a notable name on this podcast obviously had uh What's it called? How I How I Stopped Worrying and Started Loving the Bomb? Something like that. Dr. Strangelove, you know, where it's even it's even Dr. Strangelove. It's even toying with the idea that, look, why are we as a world so obsessed with these? So it's almost like like it's a next level of mind fucked. If that's what you think is going on is some MK Ultra program being streamed out through Hollywood to people. They've got Stanley Kubrick went an extra step so as to be critical of it and make it
0: more of a reality, something that, that we should fear all the more. Sure, man. I mean, so, well, with that being said, dude, since we've been talking about World War II so much, let's talk about uh, the World War II, uh, you know, the ending of it and and Truman, you know, so like in Truman's journal, which is very interesting. This is this is something that I think a lot of people uh, don't know. And I didn't know before I looked at this. I didn't know a lot of this information before uh, sort of researching and, and, you know, doing a deep dive into this stuff. But I mean, like Japan allegedly had offered surrender to Truman, uh, you know, if in what was it like the summer, I believe in 1945, if they're sacred emperor right if this guy was still able to just be retained then they would surrender but this was contradictory to the entire reason that the united states jumped into the war in the first place as we all know pearl harbor jumped uh, the united states into world war ii and the reason that the Emperor goes against everything the United States believes in, is because these, these, uh, these uh, kamikaze bombers that you know had everything to do with Pearl Harbor, they were willing to die for their emperor. So we had to get rid of the emperor, right? That was the logic. And, and again, the, the, uh, the logic behind that is so stupid. The, people will die for their president. People will die for their country. So the idea of dying for their emperor And this is why, like, no, there's no fucking way we'll let you keep your emperor. You cannot keep your emperor if you want us to allow you to surrender in this fashion. And Truman allegedly wanted to prolong the war until the the nuclear technology was actually able to be fastened into a warhead. And then they were able to, you know, kind of end the war in the dramatic fashion that they wanted. So, I mean, the Soviet Union could actually... Uh, you know, see what was going on here. And and they were trying to do the same shit, man. This was the space race before the space race. This was like, you know, just trying to uh, see who had the biggest dick obviously. But there's not much evidence that Japan actually wanted to surrender other than this July 18th, 1945 entry in uh, Truman's journal, his own private journal. He actually mentions that And this is his quote. This isn't me saying this, but the Jap emperor was asking for peace via telegram. Okay, now critics of this theory say that the Japanese military was just sort of, uh, you know, trying to go through the Soviet Union to negotiate a peace deal with the U.S. Because a lot of people don't know this either, dude. And I didn't know this. Soviet Union and fucking United States, we were friends in World War II. You know what I mean? Like we weren't friends, but we were allies, I should say. Yeah, they they announced their... And, and, you know, a lot of people do know that the Soviet Union went in, they found Hitler, and we trusted the Soviet Union that they killed Hitler. And then you get Operation Paperclip where they did these fake Nuremberg trials. And uh, that was just a dog and pony show where, you know, the Soviet Union got a bunch of the top uh Nazi scientists and then we got a lot of the other top scientists Werner von Braun a lot of these characters come through this entire thing so uh the Soviet Union and the United States were friends back then and the the idea here is that Japan was trying to go through the Soviet Union to negotiate a peace deal with the US but
1: this wasn't gonna end the war hey guys we really really hope you enjoyed that part of the podcast If you want to hear another 45 minutes or so of it, why not join us over here at patreon.com at Dangerous World Podcast. For $3 a month, you'll get access to these full-length episodes and much, much more. We hope to see you over there. Until then, stay safe in the dangerous world.